Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This week's episode of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a mental health platform that provides direct online counseling and therapy services via web or phone text communication. You don't even need to use flu powder in order to access a therapist through BetterHelp. I think we can all tell in book five that if you keep your feelings bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off of your chest if you don't have access to Dumbledore's office. I know in my life, therapy has helped me identify patterns to help me interrupt ones that I don't feel like are healthy and find better ways to cope. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash sacred text today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash sacred text. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for all of you who are supporting us on Patreon. And one of our favorite stalwart Patreon perks is that we put an episode of Women of Harry Potter in Patreon every month. And for a little while, we were putting it in your feed here, and we just thought that we would offer you a little taste of what goes on on Patreon with an episode of Women of Harry Potter right now. So what you are about to hear is not Casper. Say hi, Casper. Hello. Please let me out of this box. Nope, go back in the closet. <laughs> and what you're going to hear instead is me and Ariana blessing a woman of Harry Potter. Go to harrypottersacredtext.com and click on the orange button that says Patreon in order to get all of the episodes of Women of Harry Potter. And Casper, I'm going to put a chocolate bar under the door. <laughs> You'll be okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back to our regular episode on Thursday, and Casper will be back with chocolate all over his face. Um, nom, 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 nom. Enjoy. <laughs> Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Ariana. Thank you so much for joining me in this lighthouse on the island of Lost Socks. You know, you're welcome. Traveling here was not easy. 
there's this rainbow sock that I have, and I've been missing the pair forever. My favorite socks, and I think we're really going to find it today. I brought my sock detector, and we can program it to rainbow socks, but we will have to then sort through all the rainbow socks to find your rainbow sock. I'm ready for that. I know that you're a bit tired from your journey, and I was wondering if maybe you wanted to bless a woman of Harry Potter with me for a little bit before we start looking for my sock. That is so generous of you. I would love that. Let me just grab my cup of tea and really settle in. I love that there's a tea shop on the island of Lost Socks. Yeah. Today, I want to bless Great Aunt Muriel. Ooh, the Weasley Aunt. The Weasley Aunt. Molly's Aunt. So I will be honest with you and tell you that I don't really know why I'm blessing Aunt Muriel. We're heading into book seven in Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. And so I've been a little bit thinking about who we're going to run into. And Bill and Fleur's wedding is pretty early on. And at Bill and Fleur's wedding, we meet great Aunt Muriel. And she is definitely a malicious gossip. She's a nag. And I love her. (laughs) She's pretty lovable. She is. But like, what is so lovable about someone who has to pick on every single member of her family? Literally, she's like, your ankles are too skinny. Your hair is too long. Your dress is too revealing. Every single person. Here's my theory. I suspect she's right. I don't know. I think she's making herself feel superior by criticizing everyone around her. I mean, I certainly don't think it's ever helpful to tell someone that their ankles are too skinny. To Hermione, the first time she meets her, she says, oh, is that the Muggleborn? Skinny ankles and slouches. (laughs) So I'm someone who gives a lot of thought as to who I want to be when I'm older. So on my 80th birthday, I want to go out and just adopt 10 dogs. (laughs) And I'm serious, right? Like, I want the older phase in my life to be exciting and different and an entirely new and exciting phase. And so I wonder if Muriel, like, saw her old age like that and had always been quiet and sweet and demure and then was like, I'm 75. I'm done. Yeah, I think a really toxic narrative that we have in our culture is that as we get older, we decline, right? Like there's an identity that we hold. I, as Ariana, I'm building my identity through my young adulthood and adolescence until I hit like my late 20s. Then I am peak Ariana, which I will be through my 40s, maybe early 50s. And then it's like you decline, right? That you like lose your memory. You like lose your sense of self as you get older. You gain weight or lose weight, right? Like you become too fat or too skinny. And I think... First of all, like, that is not real. We are always just moving forward. There is no great arc of our existence. And I think there's something so inspiring about the idea of, like, as you get older, finding new hobbies. And, like, particularly when it comes to Aunt Muriel, actually stepping more fully into who she is in her old age. Yeah, and I think that what concerns me about Muriel is the thing that I want to be really careful of as I age is I never want to believe that younger people are a scourge on society. I always want to be learning from young people, right? I mean, Stephanie Paulsell, who is not an elderly person by any means, but is probably 15, 20 years older than I am, and therefore someone who I look to as a mentor in aging, is just a model in being like, oh, I need to learn about trans rights like 10 years ago and always make sure to stay on the edge of 
what progressive conversations are being had and never shying away from it and always learning. I want to do that, one, because I think it's the right thing to do. And two, I want people to visit me, right? Like, I don't want to be old and alone. I want to be old and in community. And that's what worries me about Muriel, is that she does all this and it builds walls. And therefore, like, people aren't visiting her, which makes her more bitter and more alone. And so when she's out, she has to make a bigger impact. I mean, I think the great thing about Aunt Muriel is that despite how grouchy she is, she also houses the Order of the Phoenix. That when people have to leave the borough, they all go to Aunt Muriel's house. And when they're taking Harry from Privet Drive, one of the places that people go to get a port key is Muriel's house. That, like, she is offering her home to the cause. And I think that she has, in some ways, a nice balance of that, of being involved, of having her priorities and also saying whatever it is she wants to say. Yeah. And like Fleur and all of us are like annoyed that she's like, give me my tiara back. Give me my tiara back. But also she like wanted to lend her tiara for a wedding. Yeah, I think the act of her giving her tiara and like loudly whispering, oh, isn't the tiara look beautiful? It's the highlight of the whole wedding. I do think it's a gesture towards wanting to not be left behind, Mm -hmm. that like she is still important, that she still has the family heirlooms. Don't we all do that at weddings, though? I feel like when you're sitting around a table at a wedding and everybody goes around and is like, how do you know the couple? You want to be the person at the table who knows them the most, (laughs) right? And, like, you want to be the person who, like, maybe helped them get together. One of my favorite things about weddings is that the couple is, like, famous for the night. And so everybody wants to claim a part of that in a beautiful way. And so I think Muriel is sitting there thinking that the tiara is the most important part. And Molly is thinking the fact that it's in their backyard, it's the most important part. And, you know, Fleur's mom is like, she looks so beautiful. She looks just like me. I like that about weddings. It's the only time that we're, like, competitive for loving someone. Yeah. I guess I just worry that the reason that she digs into everyone around her is a part of that instinct, too. Not the competitive for loving, but the competitive for being important. That, like, if she's tearing everyone down, it's a way to build herself up. So here's a question for you. So my stepdaughter... I think she objectively looks more beautiful when her hair is off her face. Because A, she eats with her hair down. And so, like, her hair gets in her food. And then she, like, hides her beautiful face behind her hair. And I truly, with all of my heart, believe that I am objectively right. I don't nag her on it because it's, like, not her job to be beautiful. And, like, if she wants her hair down, she can have her hair down. But is there something refreshing about having an older set of eyes tell you, no, that doesn't look good? I don't find anything redeeming in it. I think when my grandmother tells me to cut my hair or wear different kinds of jeans or anything like that, it is absolutely the worst. Yeah. My grandma... used to be like, Vanessa, do you want a piece of candy? And I'd say no. She'd be like, good, you don't need it. Yeah. No. My grandfather would walk into the house and be like, oh, you're looking a little chubby. You got to watch out. You're so pretty. You could ruin it. (laughs) 
It's so bad. Okay, this is terrible. It's just awful. Like, let's not monitor people's bodies. I'm all for <laughs> bluntness. I'm all for right. owning your truth, except when it comes to other people's bodies, then let them do what they want. <laughs> so you're telling me that I should never fuss with the seven-year-old's hair? Nope. <laughs> I know. It, she just looks so cute. I want to see her face. I mean, the thing I'll say is like, there are moments in my day-to-day life where I feel too conditioned to be polite. Yes! Both because I'm letting something happen that I don't want to happen, and also because I'm like, oh, I actually want to connect with this person, and all of my training to be polite has like put up a boundary between us, and I'm only saying the thing that I think is right in this moment and not actually connecting. Right. And I think women are just trained for that, right? We're trained to be social lubricants and to not call attention to it and to just let the situation be easy. And then I think men are trained way too far in the other direction where they're like posting on Facebook everything that they think is wrong with someone else's post. And you're like, who cares? Leave it alone, right? Also, like, who are you to dissect what's wrong with somebody else? Yeah, I was just watching this woman get torn apart on Twitter for an opinion she had. And all of the takedowns were by men who were not trained to just leave things alone, but to insert themselves. And so part of me loves this, like, gender reversal of Muriel's. And it's like, yeah, go insert yourself. Yeah, it's a really hard balance for when to be assertive in a way that owns your power and, like, you're not letting yourself be conditioned into a certain kind of polite, easygoing way versus, like, when you're actually hurting the people around you by taking up too much space. So I wonder if the thing that you're blessing Muriel for is for trying to still have power even though she fails so miserably? Can I tell you there's this great moment yeah. where there's a Weasley cousin in a chair and she's like, get out of the chair. I'm 107 years old. And then she like grabs the chair and like swirls it around in a way that Harry's like was surprisingly strong for her age and sits down. So can I tell you a story about my grandmother yes. who lived to 97 and was an Auschwitz survivor and when she died was like four foot six and 80 pounds. My dad went with her to the bank toward the end of her life. She walked everywhere till the day she died. And there's a huge line, and she just walks to the front of the line, and a bunch of people start yelling, like, hey, hey. And she looks at them and says, I'm 93 years old and an Auschwitz survivor. And everyone just went, (laughs) and just let her, just let her cut in line. I know. I think what I really like about Aunt Muriel is that she reminds me of my grandmother's. Right. This whole scene where she's talking to Doge and like being like, but I heard Dumbledore's sister was a squib, just like needling about the details, like trying to get the dirt again to like feel important, to feel a part of this story. But I do think that that is a skill that women develop that gets written off as gossip, that gets written off in this really negative way in the way we depict older women, but actually is quite sacred. It like holds the social order together. I was just reading about this like really unhealthy sort of cult community in the ways that women are structurally denied power by their educations being cut off at a certain age, by not being taught certain languages or, you know, math skills. But what power these women do have is that they talk to each other and they try to talk to their husbands. Their husbands try to shut them down, but they talk to each other and they built power in that way. And I just think, If you were denied all other forms or all formal power, damn straight you're going to gossip. If you're not allowed a bank account and you're not allowed to drive, but you know who's sleeping with who, you can still 
get things done. And you're also holding your society accountable. You're saying, no, no, Dumbledore isn't a saint. Doge, I know you wrote his obituaries if he was, but I know that there's something more there. And like in Dumbledore's case, it's a little ambiguous about whether it's important to hold him accountable for those things or not. But there are certainly people who get put up on a pedestal who need to be brought down, who need an Aunt Muriel to be like, well, I've heard this. And what about that? It doesn't quite add up. And who are using that information. So I'm blessing Aunt Muriel for being a historian and holding the people around her accountable for the facts of people's lives. And for what we imagine is like as she gets older, being less afraid and more blunt and more willing to be a true version of herself. And I hope for myself that I learn how to step into my voice more like Aunt Muriel. Hmm. Me too. What's a good story about one of your grandmas? Well, on the subject of hair, I will say that when my grandmother was sick toward the end of her life, she had told me that she liked my hair long. I'd seen her. My hair had grown long. And she was like, oh, I love your hair long. You look so good. And so because she was sick, I for a long time didn't cut it because I knew that she liked it long. But I happened to prefer my hair short. So I did actually end up cutting it before she died. And I went to see her where she was. Um, and she took one look at me and she said, ah, I love your hair short. It looks so good, Ariana. <laughs> oh, oh, I love everything about that story. Yeah. I had some pretty good grandmas. Yeah, me too. So I know that you really want to go sock searching. I am certainly feeling more energetic. But before we go looking for your sock, can I give you a quiz? I would love a quiz. I know Trivia makes you feel ready to hunt. (laughs) Well, I think if I lose this quiz, I'm really just going to want to feel like comforted and cozy, which I'll get to feel with my socks on. And if I win this quiz, I'm going to feel like I can do anything. I can go find my sock and I'll be ready for the hunt. Wow. This is a win-win. What do we consider winning? One One out of three. One out of three. One out of three is a win. Okay. So I wrote a quiz about the three women who have been documented and verified as the oldest women in the world. Obviously, this could be completely wrong, but these are the three stories that we sort of have about the quote-unquote oldest women to live. They all sound awesome. (laughs) Okay, so the oldest we have is Jeanne Calmet, who lived for 122 years and 164 days. Oh, my gosh. How old was she when she got married? 14, 18, 21, or 29? Can I ask when she died? Yes, she died in 1997. So she was born in 1875. 1875. So we're talking about the turn of the century here. I'm going to say 29. She was 21. (gasps) I would have assumed younger. In all the romance novels we read, 19, you're on the shelf. Okay, the second oldest woman on record is a woman named Sarah Knaus who lived to 119 years old. How old did her daughter live to? 51. Oh, no. 82. 90. Or 101. I really don't want it to be 51. I'm knocking that option out because it would be very sad. I'm going to say 90. She lived to 101. Wow. Those are some good genes in that family. Wild, right? Good for both of them. I know. It's just so cool. Okay. The third oldest woman to be verified is a woman named Nabi Tajima, 
who lived in Japan and lived to 117 years old. She was interviewed after she turned 100 as to what kept her alive and so healthy and engaged. Which two things would she say she did every day which helped keep her alive and healthy? A, meditate and read poetry. B, journal and walk three miles. C, sleep and eat good food. Or D, take care of others and drink lots of tea. I think it's take care of others and drink tea. Because that's what you want to do. Yeah. It's actually what I want to do, which is sleep and eat good food. Really? She's like, I don't like these health crazes. Get plenty of sleep and eat good food. I was so sure you had made that one up because it sounds like you. (laughs) I love this woman. I'm like, yes, I will live forever. Okay, well, I'm feeling a little bit bummed because I didn't get any answers right. So can we like cheer me up by going to find my sock? Yes, I'm so excited to find this sock. Actually, I have a secret for you. I stole your sock. What? Much love to all grandmothers and mothers and older women. May we be them one day. I sure hope so. I think you and I are going to be amazing at being old, right? You and I are going to be sitting on a porch somewhere. Maybe by then I'll learn to knit socks, and so if I ever lose one, I can just make my own. I'm never going to learn to knit, so that's on you. Thank you so much for supporting Harry Potter and the Sacred Text on Patreon. We appreciate you. We appreciate getting this time to talk to one another. We will talk to you again next month with another episode of Women of Harry Potter. I'm Ariana Elman. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan. We are edited and produced by Ariana Martinez, and our music is by Nick Boll. This week's episode of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text is brought to you by Redfin. Let's say for some reason you can't get back to Grimmauld Place, so you need to find a new home. If you're like me, you would go to Redfin. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations, so finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. If you see something you like, just book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put toward your next home. They even have a function where Trelawney will tell you whether or not she can see you in this house. Redfin. It's how Molly found the burrow. Download the Redfin app to get started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.